Hello, and welcome to Glory Be, interesting people and how they pray. Each week, we chat with interesting people about their lives, their work, and how they pray. I'm Sharon Hanish. And I'm Father Vince Fernandez, and we're joined by our producer, Mike Malcolm. Our guest today is Dr. Michael Tanner. He is a retired orthopedic surgeon, husband, father, and grandfather. He grew up in Wheat Ridge, Colorado, and graduated from the University of Colorado with a degree in molecular biology. In 1978, he graduated from St. Louis, the St. Louis University School of Medicine. After completing an orthopedic surgery residency at the Mayo Clinic, he moved to Tulsa where he and his wife Pam raised their three children. After retiring, he obtained his M.A. in theology from the Augustine Institute. Welcome, Michael. We're so happy you're here. Well, good. I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm so glad to, that you think that I should be retiring. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think you're young to retire, but boy, when you retired, you went and got a, a master's in theology. I'm I'm fascinated by that because when <laughs> I retire, I hope to like garden or something. I don't know. I, what drew you to study something seemingly so very different from medicine? Um, I fell in love with uh, Scripture about 12 years ago. And it's actually a message about our uh, parish community, work of the Holy Spirit. And uh, our story goes to a uh, Saturday um, uh, 12 years ago uh, when there was a flyer that came out uh, from the church that said, you say you don't know much about the Bible. You must be Catholic. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> uh, my wife and I looked at each other and said, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so uh, uh, we, we immediately signed up and trotted over. And there were about 200 people in our uh, sanctuary to listen to a uh, Dr. Tim Gray, mm-hmm. who uh, became uh, the president of the Augustine Institute. And so he went through the Bible timeline in one day, and I just thought it was wonderful. Uh, and uh, so I started to uh, read and think about it. I didn't. I only knew li- bits and pieces. You could say that I was poorly catechized. And so anyway, that one day turned into a uh, Bible study after Bible study uh, here at our church and at our home, and then and turned into pilgrimages. And uh, I just uh, really enjoyed it. But I wanted to go uh, deeper. And uh, as far as at the time, I was involved in the uh, ACTS program, so I wanted to uh, offer more to the program, or I wanted to somehow uh, develop myself further. So, um, uh, on a whim, I decided to answer an advertisement, uh, and uh, so pretty soon I was signed up to (laughs) the graduate school of course, I, I may be the oldest student that has ever been there, but <laughs> did you? But grow- anyway, I, it, yeah. It, as far as, uh, but just the same, uh, they promised that they would not nurture me. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I, I embarked on this adventure that uh, was uh, just a terrific experience. Did you grow up Catholic? Yes. So you were always Catholic. You practicing your faith. You went to medical school. Mm-hmm. So back then, were you uh, religious, or, or I don't know, um, like you always went to mass and such? 
Was there ever a time you were away from the church and then came back? Or No, as far as Mass was uh, optional since I was a, a teenager. Uh, and uh, I suppose if I was uh, in need or things weren't going well, I would probably go to Mass. The wonderful thing is that I got married to Pam, and then uh, as far as then it became a, a diligent practice, uh, but uh, I was uh, only physically present. And then, uh, as I said, as far as we uh, raised our children, and of course, uh, my mind is many places, usually on work. And uh, then, uh, as far as suddenly, uh, with starting to really understand Scripture, the Catholic faith became alive for me. Hmm. It was just a kind of real neat uh, experience for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, can you tell us about your like master's degree in theology. So how, how long did that take to complete with the Augustine's too? What did you learn about? What was really interesting about it? Well, it uh, took two and a half years. And uh, as far as, um, I, uh, number one, with regard to the quality of my uh, education, my instruction. So I encountered professors who uh, actually cared about me and I could carry on uh, uh, conversations with them as compared to my previous education had all been a large auditorium right, lecture right. hall. So I was a product of the lecture hall, and all of a sudden this is a new life where I had instructors that uh, cared about me. And then the material, uh, as far as uh, high-energy professors, have a lot to say, and they have have big big assignments. They right. have a big, they have a big reading list, and so as far as I, I found it, just terribly uh, fascinating. All, just everything about uh, all, all the uh, subjects that I took. I guess I uh, focused on scripture, but I really I think I came alive when I took moral theology. Mm-hmm. So, what was harder, uh, medical school or theology school? Ooh, theology school. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> as far as with regard to uh, thinking and contemplating and interpreting, as far as science is more on the order of uh, memorization and recognition of patterns, uh, this was, uh, uh, in theology, oftentimes there's no open pattern. But anyway... Well, you ministered for many years to the body, and now, you know, you're ministering to the Spirit here at St. Mary's. You know, you're just so involved. You mentioned the Acts Retreat. You also help lead and facilitate men's small faith groups. Uh, tell us, what, what do you do? Do you study a particular book when you do these small faith sharing groups, or what, what exactly are you doing? Yeah, I find it's best to have a topic. And uh, as far as I prefer uh, scripture or books. And so, for example, well, um, one group um, uh, at break time, I wore them out by doing uh, the confessions. So we did a 14-session uh, uh, course on the uh, confessions. There are 13 books uh, that comprise confessions and then plus a a summary or wrap-up session, and that went really well as far as I think the men uh, really enjoyed that one. And then uh, from uh, from here, they want to learn more about uh, St. John Paul II. So I'm thinking about combining uh, Gaudium et Spes with uh, you know, a, a Vatican II letter that I feel that uh, St. John Paul II had a, a, a hand in, 
or it was a uh, author, and uh, in addition to the um, biography, uh, the hagiography uh, called uh, "Witness to Hope," uh, and uh, I'd want to combine those uh, with this uh, particular group. Another group uh, I have is doing uh, the uh, Gospel of Mark. But more, I facilitate. So I kind of somehow get the material in front of them with uh, maybe discussion questions and then uh, let it happen. That's awesome. You know, I get a lot of, uh, speaking of like studying scripture, studying theology, anything like that, a thing that comes up a lot, like when I'm talking to parishioners is, you know, I don't don't think I can study scripture, right? It's kind of, you know, there's an intimidation factor sometimes with people or study theology, right? You mentioned, you know, reading God against Bez or Vatican II documents, things like that. Um, what would you say to the, the person who, you know, as someone who's kind of late in life, did that master's in theology, right? You said it was very difficult, but it sounds like it was worthwhile, very much so, right? What would you say to kind of the, the person who might be a little intimidated when it comes to, you know, studying scripture or joining a Bible study or, you know, joining a group that's reading, you know, God against Bez or, you know, the life of JB2 or something? How would you, how would you kind of encourage them? Uh, uh, commentary. Okay. So I think an important ingredient is going to uh, someone uh, knowledgeable. And so I like uh, good uh, commentary. For example, in the uh, Gospel of Mark, I uh, love a book by uh, Dr. Mary Healy uh, on uh, that gospel. Or like uh, Dr. Ted Sree has a nice commentary on Gospel of Matthew. And uh, so, number one is uh, commentary. Then that makes it easy for me uh, as a facilitator or someone to stimulate a discussion uh, and uh, creating questions. And uh, then that becomes uh, the guide, combination questions, commentary, the text. And then it becomes uh, alive. And so then some things are triggered, but what uh, what the true... Um, uh, a, a positive aspect is a person actually verbalizing uh, what uh, they learned, and so if I can get a person to uh, comment on a, on a, a question after they've spent time on it, uh, then it becomes theirs. They own it. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, as far as I'm just in love with sort of the Socratic technique, right. because uh, the student or the, uh, the person of interest um, suddenly becomes actively uh, involved in, in, the, in the process. And uh, with Scripture, there's just so much. Uh, yeah, well, you know better than I. But, uh, <laughs> as far as with uh, sacred Scripture, there's just so much to uh, uh, comment on or to build on. You know, I love that recommendation because I remember when I was in college and I did my first Bible study, it was like the Little Rock scripture Bible study. I'm dating myself because I don't even know if it exists any longer, but I didn't even realize that a commentary, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it existed. I always had just picked up the Bible and tried to read it by myself. So to have a commentary that sort of explains and puts it in context, and I think that's a great recommendation for somebody who is beginning to explore and want to understand scripture better. Um, you know, something else that I was interested in is that you're very involved in a lot of different things in our diocese, but you mentioned the Augustine Institute and meeting Father Tim Gray and that kind of 
drawing you in and, and kind of transforming your life. You're also now you sit on the board of directors for the, is that right? For the board of Regents. Board of well, Regents. Tell yep. me, what, what do you do with, with that? And talk about what, for our listeners who don't really know about the Augustine Institute, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, the Augustine Institute is a, uh, uh, master's degree, uh, institution. They offer master's degrees in, uh, theology as well as faith formation material for the public. And so it's a major supplier of uh, faith formation uh, literature and help uh, products uh, for uh, parishes and dioceses. Uh, And uh, uh, anyway, uh, as far as my role is that I I participate in uh, meetings where um, we we learn about what uh, new products are coming, uh, how they've been uh, tested, uh, and uh, as far as make comment on them, we know about uh, the um, uh, uh, teachings and uh, new professors. So we kind of play a little bit of an advisory uh, role. Okay. Uh, and advisory, but mostly uh, cheerleading. Uh, and uh, as far as with regard to um, uh, my wife Pam, is actually the cheerleader for uh, the Augustine Institute because um, uh, she uh, talks to so many people and tells people all about what uh, what is on formed. Uh, as far as I should have led with that, uh, uh, the um, the uh, people that put together the package of uh, Catholic Netflix uh, is the Augustine Institute, and that product is called Formed. Well, yeah, Formed is uh, it's great. I use that for even in when I'm doing like marriage prep. I'll have I'll have a couple of watch this like six part video series, or even like baptism. Sometimes I'll watch them a video on Formed, and so the fact that and it's all like I think what's what kind of makes Augustine Institute Augustine Institute unique is that it's kind of what you, you were talking about that. Um, almost Socratic method of, it's not just this intellectual exercise, but it's kind of learning and kind of claiming that as your own and really applying it to your faith life, right? There's, because yeah, that distinction you made between, you know, when you were middle school, medical school, and then when you're studying theology, right? It was, it's not so much just memorization and, and just knowing these things, but like, how does this apply to your faith life, right? How does, how does, you know, reading the scripture, learning about this, you know, moral theology change your life in, in some way? Um, so I, I'm a big fan. This is not an ad for the Augustine Institute, but I, uh, you know, I like mm-hmm. them a lot too. They're great. No, yeah, and I yeah. do too. And they put a lot out on YouTube, just a little short thing, you know, anyway, they also have lots of stuff out on YouTube. I think it's a great organization. You know, I was thinking as you were talking about your involvement, you know, the involvement of lay leadership in the church is so important, which you're a wonderful example of that, you know, can... Talk about why that's important. You know, we have pre, I mean, on this board for the Augustine Institute, are there religious and priests and lay people kind of all working together to, to further the Augustine Institute? Or I know you also serve on the bishops committee. What's it called? Bishops. I'm on the cabinet for cabinet. Yeah. Bishop so uh, Condorla. The, um, uh, as far as it's mostly, uh, business leaders and, uh, as far as who uh, gravitates into a position like that, 
Um, but uh, uh, yes, your point's well taken. I, I, I belong to things in which I, was, I wish were a more uh, diverse uh, a group of people, a diverse crowd from our uh, uh, the mother church. But um, I, you know, uh, <laughs> really important uh, is uh, that as far as what comes from all this is that we uh, uh, learn to um, find out about where people are in their faith journey. So if I've, I love getting a chance to uh, find out, uh, you know, where Jesus is in people's lives. And so uh, I, I just I love that part because it opens up. And I think uh, by doing that, uh, we, we exercise my wife's favorite virtue, that of uh, hospitality. And in doing that, then people will open up and see that uh, the Catholic Church, the Mother Catholic Church, is a, can be a home. That there, that it isn't just organized religion. Uh, it's uh, like for me, it's become a home because of the people that uh, uh, welcomed me. Uh, and uh, so, and I forgot to mention in my uh, journey, uh, it all came down to two women that are super active in uh, Bible studies here. They were the women, women that uh, brought uh, Dr. Tim Gray or encouraged him to come to our church. And they started the first uh, Bible studies. And I think that they've supervised the Bible studies ever since then. So it's incredible people like that that <laughs> we owe a lot to. Yes, lay leaders, lay yeah. leaders in our... Uh, and that's it. And that's because they were interested in me. Yes. I I read some study recently that said what draws people back to the church or what keeps them in the, in, in the church is that connection. So I, I, my daughter mentioned that, like, Father Kerry Wakulich called her, you know, like, to take the time, this was at OSU, you know, to take time out, that's what is meaningful to someone, not the making people feel like they have to come because of what, you know, or I don't know. It is that hospitality. It's that welcoming. It's that open. That's what draws people in. Yeah. Right. And we accept them uh, as they are. Yes. We, we, we aren't uh, expecting them to uh, climb the, uh, the mountain. We're just as they are. We take them as they are. Meet them where they are. That's a big Pope Francis, you know, meet them where they are. Well, our podcast is called Interesting People. We've established that you're very interesting, Michael. Oh, yeah, right. You are. I mean, it's just super cool to hear about, you know, that you were this physician and now you're this theologian. And, and I, I know, too, that you still you volunteer at Xavier Medical Clinic. So you're still using your you're using both now kind of together. It's just wonderful. But now we're going to sort of move to our how you pray uh, part of the podcast. Um so you mentioned that when you were, before you got to college and before you really got married, you were sort of, you'd go to mass when, when you felt like it or when, it, <laughs> when you needed it. <laughs> and um, now you're sort of this spiritual, I mean, I have a lot of respect for you go to the school of Lexio, you go on these retreats, you're teaching, you just are a man of great faith and uh, a deep spiritual life. So we want to hear about that. So Talk to us about that. What, um, how do you pray? I know you go to daily mass. I know, you know, talk to us. What, what prayer draws your heart? 
Well, as far as I think when someone asks me. So as far as I'm uh, drawn to uh, praying uh, that people receive God's graces, uh, I'm drawn to uh, praying for uh, causes and including that into my uh, prayer. And so um, I love uh, rosary as far as sort of as a focal point where we can uh, bring together mystery, uh, uh, our uh, uh, our needs, uh, uh, who we are in, you know, trying to be an intercessor for, and as well as um, Mother Mary. Yes, I love the rosary, and like you mentioned, the mysteries. Sometimes when I lay down at night to start my rosary, I'm kind of like speed rosary praying, you know, and it's good to be reminded the mysteries, you know, they're scriptural. I need to be focusing on that. I like that you that you reminded me of that. Yes. Um, is that something new, the rosary, or was it something kind of... The rosary's been around for a couple uh-huh. hundred years. <laughs> oh, is that what you're asking? Yeah. Is that rosary? Is it something new? I've never heard of it before. Is it something new, new in your new life? To me, uh, yeah. New to me. New to uh, you, yeah. And no, as far as... Uh, <laughs> As far as no, my mother, um, I said rosary with my mother when I was a young lad. But uh, as far as, um, again, I'd have to say it's been the past uh, uh, 10, maybe 12 years, uh, my wife and I have prayed the rosary together. And uh, as far as now, we do it mostly independently because of time and commitments, uh, like saying rosary with uh, grandkids. But um, uh, so, yes, overall, as far as the portion of my life spent uh, saying the rosary is a, a, a small fraction. But anyway, do you, but, do you and your wife try to do you guys try to pray together? And you can mention you try to pray the rosary, but then in terms of time, it doesn't really yeah. work out sometimes. But are there different times you guys try to pray together? Um, as far as mealtime seems to be uh, the best. Okay, Mealtimes, yeah. uh, the best, yeah. So you also mentioned the Acts Retreat, which I know can be a spiritual, life-changing, prayerful experience. You know, the importance of retreats in your prayer life. Can you talk about either the School of Lexio or Acts or um, where are you getting... You walk the Camino. Yes. That's prayerful. Uh, Have you had sort of these profound experiences of prayer? Do you have anything that specific that you remember that really sort of drew your heart yeah so i've been uh, very blessed uh in that i've had a number of experiences uh, as far as it wasn't just a uh, school but uh <clears throat> but or daily mass but we've uh, we've been to israel twice which are both moving experiences uh as far as uh we've been to uh four marian uh sites uh Nauk, medjugorje Lourdes and Fatima, each of those trips were um, kind of an overwhelming experience uh, for us. And uh, you mentioned the Camino de Santiago. So almost every year I like to do a a pilgrimage. So um, I I love the pilgrimage, but you're right. I think that it's uh, best to have something, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) in your neighborhood and uh, as far as the axe does that for men and women. Well, this has been just a great conversation. So something that we talk to all of our guests about is that prayer can sometimes be difficult. Um, 
There can be struggles or pain or just the experience of the absence of God. Have you ever struggled with prayer? Has there been a time in your life when it's been difficult to pray? Yes. What did you do? Yes. Well, I was fortunate as far as uh, near the uh, time that I started school, um, I wondered, uh, I just didn't have time to say the rosary. You know, I could read another 10 pages uh, and try to gobble up more material rather than saying the rosary. And about that time, uh, Father Jack uh, had a homily, and he said that uh, for a busy person, they should pray twice as much. And uh, so the message came home that maybe it was better for me to quit stewing and spinning wheels and I'll be better to uh, pray. So I I remember that. But yes, there are times where I uh, wonder uh, if the Lord is listening. Um, I wonder, uh, 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 yes, I have negative thoughts. And... um, it always helps to go to Mass the next day. Mm. So for me, uh, it's the, the the thing that pulls me out of the uh, 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 deep spots or is the daily Mass. Well, and that was difficult during our pandemic, right? Uh, when we couldn't go to daily Mass. I mean, yeah. we could, luckily, online, Mike provided virtual Mass attendance. That was, that was a beautiful thing. Which was a beautiful thing. It was the first time in a long time that I've been able to get to daily Mass every day because it was easy to sit down in front of my computer, and it does pull you out. You know, I, the, the perseverance to keep doing it whether you want to or not. And I think that's, I mean, it's good advice, too, because of what you said in terms of, yeah, sometimes it's, you know, we can look at someone like a Michael Tanner, right, someone who has a master's degree in theology and doing all these good things and think, you know, that person... The relationship with God is it never falters, and it's it's easy, and all these things. But like what you said, sometimes it's like even myself. Like, is God actually listening to you know all my prayers? And you know, and you know, you have those negative thoughts. But the fact that okay, what do we do? We return back to Him, especially in the Mass, right? That pulls us out of that and kind of where we encounter Him, literally, physically, right in the Eucharist. Um, it's just good, kind of solid advice, right? So I like coming back to the uh, Holy Spirit. So some the simple prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. Uh, that can be quite helpful uh, for me uh, as far as, say, I, I enjoy doing uh, Liturgy of the Hours. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, I come to the point where I've already read Psalm 51, 25. <laughs> 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 you know, so sometimes I have some negative thoughts. And then uh, and so I shake my head, and uh, as far as the Holy Spirit, I think, helps me. Uh, get back on track and uh, finding, you know, maybe more meaning in the Psalms. That's great. So another question we ask all of our guests is if you had one thing you could ask everyone in the world to pray for, a prayer intention, if you could ask all of our listeners to join you in praying for something, what would that be? The family. And uh, so... I think uh, uh, St. John Paul II said that uh, uh, the family is a foundation of love. Mm. I love that, the foundation of love. And, Boy, it's easy to forget that. And uh, so uh, as far as I think, uh, pray for our uh, own families, make it personal, your friends, and then but also reaching out as far as uh, uh, the family as an entity and 
bringing meaning to it and then going on from there and maybe praying for all the single parents and the difficulties they go through because uh, as far as I think they need the most love. Michael, that's just beautiful. That's uh, I'm I'm moved by that prayer intention for the family and for single parents and for all families everywhere, those that are struggling in all parts of our world. You know, I know that you all are also very involved with our refugee community. You just do so many things that are a good example of how to live and practice our Catholic faith. I really appreciate you being here. That's kind of you to say that. Can you uh, close our podcast with the glory be? Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you. Ready? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and ever ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Queen of Peace, pray pray for us. Mary, Seat of Wisdom, pray Pray for for us. us. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. I started early. Glory Be is a production of the Office of Communications at the Church of St. Mary in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm your producer, Mike Malcolm. See you next time.